0: Welcome to Married by Design. Are you struggling with depression? Do you have a tendency to isolate yourself or do you know somebody who's struggling that is isolating themselves? That's what we'll be looking at on this episode of Married by Design. The purpose of the Married by Design podcast is to encourage couples to enjoy all that God has for them in their marriage relationship. Welcome to this week's episode of Married by Design. We're looking at the struggle that many people have with spiritual depression. We recognize that there are a number of factors that lead to depression. We wanted to take this series and focus on the spiritual and emotional aspects of depression. The challenges that we can face in life that can throw us for a loop and send us into discouragement and depression.
1: We're looking at this issue of depression and are looking at some of the causes. We encourage you to get a couple of resources that could give you more background and information on this very vital issue. The first one is a book by Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones and it's entitled Spiritual Depression, Its Causes and Cures. The second resource is a book by Dr. Robert Somerville entitled, If I'm a Christian, Why Am I Depressed? Both of these books are great resources to broaden your understanding of depression.
0: In this series, we want to address these issues to help you and your spouse if you're struggling with depression. So many people today are struggling with this issue, including Christians. And we believe that God does have the answers and wants to help us with spiritual depression. There are a number of physical issues that may lead to depression. Those need to be addressed by a medical doctor. What we're addressing here is the spiritual, again, and emotional aspects of depression.
1: We also want to address the struggle of depression because, as couples, you may have opportunities to minister to people that struggle with depression. God has put the two of you together as a couple in order to help others. As you get a better understanding biblically of depression, you can use that knowledge as a platform to minister to other people that may be struggling with this very issue.
0: A third opportunity that you may have is to help your spouse. Because God has made you one, you may be aware that your spouse is struggling with depression. We looked at the symptoms in the first episode. Having a better understanding will allow you to step up to the plate and minister to and encourage them through this process to get to a better place.
1: That's right. And over the last few weeks, we've looked at some of the events that can trigger depression. We looked at Job and his devastating loss and how God tried to reorient his thinking in those last chapters of the book of Job in the Old Testament. Over the last two weeks, we have looked at the disciples and how they focused on their circumstances rather than on the Savior. That wrong focus led them to turmoil and fear. There are important lessons that we can learn from these stories in the Bible as to how to deal with discouragement and depression. We would encourage you, if you haven't listened to those episodes, to go back and listen to them.
0: Well, this week in our episode, we're going to look back in First Kings 19 and the struggle that Elijah had with depression. We saw the event that triggered his depression in the threats of Jezebel. This week, we're going to look at his reaction to those threats.
1: Yes, in First Kings chapter 19, it says in verse 3 that he was afraid... And he arose and ran for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die, saying, It is enough now, O Lord, take my life, for I am not better than my father's.
0: How does Elijah respond to the threats of Jezebel? He isolated himself. He ran away from the problem, he left his servant, and even went a day's journey into the wilderness by himself and sat under a tree.
1: This is one of the things we can find ourselves doing when we are either discouraged or fall into depression. There's a tendency that we all have when the struggle comes to isolate ourselves. We just don't want to deal with the issues or even think about it. We hide and run to a place where we are alone. There are many reasons why that happens. We withdraw from other people, even our friends and close family members. It is a dangerous thing to do, but it's also a very easy and common thing to do. The person
0: who is depressed may find it too challenging to face people. Interacting with other people can become insurmountable. We don't want to answer questions or think about the issues that we're facing. We feel like we don't want the input from other people. We can avoid people that just want to try to fix us as Job's friends did to him in the book of Job. There is an urge that we have to back away and shut ourselves off.
1: This is the very thing that we want to encourage you not to do if you're struggling with depression. It seems like the default mood, but it's a model that will only discourage you more and cause you to sink into a deeper depression. This is where faith comes in. We looked last week at Peter who, despite his fear, was willing to step out of the boat onto the water to his Savior. He did the a- exact thing that seemed illogical and impossible.
0: That's what the depressed person needs to do, to do the thing that seems the most illogical and impossible. Recognize the danger of isolation and reach out to a few good friends for support.
1: What we want to do in this Session is to look at the reasons why you should turn away from isolation and running to a place to hide. We want to remind you of these truths and how important it is if you're going to cope with your depression. To look at a few choice people to support you and help you work through the issues. Or maybe you're in a place as a couple where you have an opportunity to help someone who struggles with depression. These are the things that you need to remember. This is what you can do to help somebody that's struggling with depression.
0: The reality is that when we feel we're all alone, we can feel also very hopeless and helpless. But you're not alone. It may seem like that, but I'm sure that you have family and friends that would be of support to you if you reached out to them. Elijah felt like he was all alone. Later on in the chapter, in verse 10, he said, "...I, even I, only am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away." He says that again in verse 14. Elijah had firmly fixed in his mind that he was alone and abandoned, all by himself.
1: Have you ever felt like that? Well, it's not true. And that's what you need to remind somebody who may be struggling with depression. That they're not alone. And that you are there to help them and be a companion. That's what Elijah needed. Elijah had companions and people that would be a support to him. The Lord said to Elijah that he had 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that had not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that had not kissed him. There were 7,000 companions to Elijah, as well as those in verses 15 to 17 that he was supposed to take along with him to support him. It was Jehu and Elisha.
0: This is so key for you to understand or for you to communicate to somebody who's struggling with depression. They are not alone. They're not abandoned and not neglected. They are not to be isolated. There are people around them that love them and want to encourage them and support them.
1: If you're struggling with depression or know somebody that is, they need to remember that they can't handle this on their own. We were never created to be isolated and alone. We all need others. We need the support of others. We need the perspective of others. We talked some time ago about Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9.
0: If you struggle with depression, you need to read through that verse and remind yourself that you need others. It's not a failure or weakness to see that you need the help of others. In fact, it's a source of victory and strength to see that you need the support of others and you need to act on that.
1: That's right. We tend to take on too much and think we can handle it when we really can't. It's like the story of Moses in Exodus 18. It says there that Moses was overworked, and Jethro, his father-in-law, had to come along and encourage him to see that he needed the help of others. He said in verse 14, What is this that you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone and all the people standing around you from morning till evening? In verse 17, Jethro said, What you are doing is not good. You and the people with you will certainly wear yourselves out, for this thing is too heavy for you, and you are not able to do it alone.
0: Then Jethro advised Moses to gather some people around him to support him and help him in the work. This is what we tend to do in our own lives that Moses did. We just press on and try to make it through ourselves without realizing that we need to stop and ask for help from others.
1: That's the foundation. Now add to that the important practice of supporting somebody without always giving them a quick and easy answer. This is what Job's friends fell into in the book of Job. They tried to give him an answer and fix him when they should have just been there to support him. Job's friends had it right initially. It's worth reading that again in Job 2, verse 12. And when they saw him from a distance, they did not recognize him. And they raised their voices and wept, and they tore their robes and sprinkled dust on their heads toward heaven. And they sat with him on the ground seven days and seven nights, and no one spoke a word to him. For they saw that his suffering was very great.
0: That's perfect. Just stop right there. If you're struggling with depression, you need to look for somebody who can be that kind of friend. They can weep with you. That's what the Bible says, to weep with those who weep. If you know somebody who struggles with depression, don't go over and immediately try to fix them. There will be a place for counsel as you see it, but just go and listen and weep and grieve with the things that they're facing. That's incredibly supportive and so necessary for the person who struggles with depression. That should be our default mode.
1: That's right, but let's look at another principle on this idea of not isolating ourselves. There's a real danger in isolating ourselves because it prevents us from having a right perspective. When we isolate ourselves and run into the wilderness as Elijah did, our thinking easily becomes skewed and twisted. That's what happened with Elijah. Because he didn't have people around him to round out his thinking, he felt that he was all alone and things were completely hopeless that led him to want to end his life.
0: That's what often happens. Our thinking gets so twisted and off that we begin to think things that are clearly not biblical and even are far off from reality. The discouragement and fear take over and we can actually become deluded and confused in our thinking. That's a very dangerous place. That's what sends us into that spiral of discouragement, depression, and fear. And that's where you see Elijah now.
1: This is an important principle in avoiding isolation. In Proverbs eighteen seventeen, it says, The one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. The danger in isolation is to make a conclusion based on what seems right in their own thinking. How often is it that our initial thoughts are often wrong? It takes somebody else coming along to help us to understand things better and put it in perspective. When you isolate yourself, you don't get the input and ideas from the second person. All the way through Proverbs, the author talks about getting wisdom and counsel to succeed. It is so important not to be isolated because you need that input and perspective.
0: That is correct. We can take the difficulties and struggles of life, and if we try to overthink them, they can become larger than life. But we need somebody to come alongside us and encourage us and give us perspective that we need on the situation. To broaden our view and our understanding of the circumstances. This is what the Lord did for Elijah. Even though Elijah chose to be isolated, the Lord was right there helping him to see things differently and to rise above his depression.
1: And that is another danger of isolation. We don't have the wise counsel of others. In Proverbs 11, verse 14, it reads, Where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in abundance of counselors, there is safety. Add to that Proverbs twenty eight twenty six, Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. You have to be really careful about isolating yourself and trusting in your own thinking and your own reasoning. We need that caring person to come alongside us and give us wise counsel.
0: Part of the benefit of godly counsel is just moving your focus from yourself to God and to others. We can find it hard by ourselves when we retreat. We tend to focus on our own problems. It's all about us. It's helpful to have somebody else to come alongside us and pull us out of that self-focus and turn our attention back to the Lord. There is a great danger in ruminating in your mind on the problems. It could be a dangerous cycle and a trap in your thinking. The Lord moved Elijah from his self-focus back to the ministry he called him to.
1: Another reason not to be isolated, or to encourage someone else not to be isolated, is that we all need encouragement. Paul wrote that we should encourage one another. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as, in fact, you are doing. It is so important to receive encouragement and for somebody to remind you of your strengths and the opportunities in your life. We naturally tend to look at our failures and our problems. We often need somebody else to point us to the things that are encouraging and remind us of God's work in our lives and God's truth.
0: Well, that's enough for this session. Your homework, should you choose to accept it, is to apply these principles in your life. If you're struggling with depression, we would encourage you to call out to a good friend that can support you, as we've talked about today. Maybe you'd even want to share this episode with them so that they have an idea of how to help you. If you as a couple know somebody who's struggling with depression, including your spouse, you can put some of these principles into practice. Well, let me pray. Father, I just pray for those out there that are struggling, God, that you would be with them. Help them to see the support that they need and to reach out in faith for that support. And Father, for those couples maybe that know somebody who's struggling with depression, you would help them to have the wise words and a compassionate heart to support them. And we ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's it for this episode. We are so excited that we have had a chance to share these principles from God's Word to help people encourage them in their life. How exciting to think about couples making the most of opportunities, looking for people that are struggling with depression and helping them. If you're struggling or you're working with somebody who's struggling, feel free to contact us if you need input or suggestions. You can reach us at marriedbydesign01 at gmail.com but we encourage you to rate the podcast as it does give us more visibility. Next week on our podcast, we're going to be looking again at how to deal with depression and how caring for yourself physically can make a big difference in moving past the downward spiral of depression. That's what we'll be looking at next time on Married by Design.